Welcome to a special episode of the Club and Country Podcast, the podcast of record for National SC coverage from the two people who've covered the club longer than anyone else in their respective disciplines. West Bowling, Tim Sullivan with you and a special guest. Maybe the first time you've been publicly, at least in like audio form, introduced as Apple TV's MLS National Analyst, Jamie Watson. Jamie, thank you for joining us and congratulations. You're the first person besides myself in my head or my wife that has said that out loud. So thank you, Wes. That does, uh, does have a nice ring to it, doesn't it? And we'll try to say nicer things about you than your wife does. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is much appreciated. <laughs> Jamie, of course, you, you've held down the role as TV analyst for Nashville SC in their gestational years in Major League Soccer. And uh, you were a person, I think we both pinpointed, when this announcement was first made that there would be national crews as, as like he's got to be a pick, right? He's got to be the selection. But I would imagine it was still a winding process to get there. What was that process like to get to this role? And how'd you feel when you finally got the news that it was happening for you? I was hopeful that uh, a lot of other people would think that as well, too. So um, <laughs> no, they did. Um, yeah, well, it was, um, I'm really, I'm really humbled by it. Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of prayer. I wanted to make sure that, you know, if this was something that God had in his plan for me, that I was going to make sure that, you know, I'd be uh, open-minded to what the changes might be with that. Cause there inevitably will be some changes, but as I got through the process, you know, I, I stressed about it a lot. And then I realized it's, it's not really up to me if this is going to happen or not. And so I just put sort of my faith in that. And um, I remember when I first found out, um, dropped to my knees and uh, and said a prayer and said a thank you to the big man upstairs. And um, I sent a lot of thank you texts to a lot of people because I've been incredibly fortunate and lucky to have a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me and a lot better than me at this sort of take me under their guidance and tutelage. And so with that, I feel like I've got a lot of people that I want to thank. And I think the best way to do that is by working really hard and trying to do the best job I can with this. And I'm just really, really excited to work with major league soccer it's a league that i love wholeheartedly and then it's apple any company in the world would jump at the chance to partner with apple and major league soccer provided a vision that apple saw aligned with their values and they wanted to partner for this project for the next 10 years and so to be a part of it from day one i am forever thankful this is a career resume moment for me and i'm on cloud nine you, you get first crack at, at all the new Apple tech that comes out, new phones, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Look, I'm an Apple guy through and through. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> if uh, if I see anybody with a green text in a group chat anymore, I'm like, get with the times. <laughs> How do you not have an iPhone yet? It's a personal <laughs> offense to you now. It's a statement against <laughs> No, I mean, honestly, it's one of the best companies in the world. And um, the innovation, the user experience, the customer experience, I think is at the forefront of everything that they do. And I think Major League Soccer wants to be able to tell the stories. I think that's one of the things I enjoy most about being a broadcaster. So it sort of marries those two. And now hopefully when you tune into Apple TV and MLS season pass, you'll be able to hear us telling those stories in cool, innovative ways with some new technology and enhanced viewing features that you haven't seen before. So we've got a blank canvas. And I think we're going to try to paint a masterpiece with MLS season pass. You mentioned a minute ago that this was out of your control. And ultimately, of course, the selection process was controlled by by other people. And yet, I mean, you knew throughout a good bit of last season that this was on the docket as a future possibility. 
as you were calling matches for Nashville SC and looking back really at your time at Nashville SC, how did that experience that, that you gained with the club lead to this opportunity? What what did you develop that put you in a position, in your opinion, to to get the call to make this uh, part of your career? The last three years of Nashville SC were invaluable into this process. And I'll even go back a, a step further and talk about my time at Minnesota United and say my start that I got there. Uh, was something that I went from playing straight into this and I was so fortunate to have the likes of Cal Williams, uh, another broadcaster who was named in the release just the other day that he'll be a part of this as well. He sort of put me under his little wing and just said, stay right here, little guy. You'll be, you'll live right here under my wing and I'll teach you everything you need to know. And, and he was great. And and Kendra did a great job as well too. I, I learned from everybody. I was learning when I was a player, I would do an interview with the likes of you guys and then as soon as it would be done recording, answering questions, you know, about the games coming up or the games that we had just had, I would be like, hey, Wes, Tim, why did you ask this question? Or what was the sequence and the order? And what were you trying to build to? And what was the the big moment? How did you get there? I, so I was always sort of a sponge for this. And even going back to, I think, like eight years old at the Fan Fest for Major League Baseball when they had the All-Star <laughs> game. My mom sent me this video not, not too long ago. They still have it. It was me reading off a teleprompter tossing it back to the local news guy. His name was Mike Ducey. He was the <laughs> the preeminent sports guy in Dallas. And I look at it then. I think I subconsciously always enjoyed this side of it too. And I would be the player that would watch the game with the commentary on. I don't always say nice things about you at times. So I've tried to incorporate that now into it. But to to bring it back to your question, I think part of the reason I left Minnesota United was because everybody knew going into the 2020 season that in three years time, the rights deal was going to be up. So every team aligned to be able to get to this point. So this has been a methodical approach for major league soccer to be able to get all the rights on the same pages. And so what I needed to do was get into the booth and Nashville, let open that door. And they really leaned into Tony husband and I, and of course, Lori Lindsay along the way, who was announced initially We had Kelly Glendening who did a fantastic job. She since moved on, but um, I, I'm saying a lot of names there. I've been very fortunate with the people I've worked with, but also the teams I've worked with because Nashville SC, Ian Air poured into this John Ingram. They really put the financial resources to travel us, to do everything that they possibly could to give us broadcasters the best chance to tell the story of Nashville SC over the first three years. And I'll forever be grateful for that opportunity that the club gave me because without that decision three years ago, I'm not having this conversation with you two today. I fully believe that. What do you think you learned um, that was most effective or, or most helpful over the course of your time in the booth at Nashville SC that helped you go from, you know, sideline reporter to to color analyst during games? What, what do you think, uh, you know, you picked up that was the most helpful to you over that time? You know, that's a really good question. I'll get into the weeds as much as uh, <laughs> you, as much as you'll allow me we to. Would never, we would never. We would never. You guys are the most in-depth about everything. So why wouldn't we get into the weeds here quickly? I think the really important thing I learned was I got to work with Shaw Brown, Russ Lathrop, a whole host of incredible producers and directors. Um, I, I learned how TV is made and working alongside Tony Husband. Tony is a consummate professional. Like anything with TV, the red light goes on. It doesn't matter what's happening behind the scenes what's not working that should be working, what player is supposed to be here for this interview right now that you've got scheduled but isn't there. 
because the person at home has no clue what's going on. So how can you still make compelling television? How can you tell stories? How can you make sure to educate, bring along the person that may be watching for the very first time, but also have credibility with the top 1%, AKA the players when they watch the game back and make sure that they still have your respect and you have their respect as well to be able to talk about what they're trying to achieve on the field or where the shortcomings may have been. I think I learned ultimately in the course of three years how to be able to broadcast in a way that is unique to my skill set and how I see the game, but also working in tandem with your broadcast team, whether that's the the lighting people, whether that's the the video um uh the camera crew, excuse me. I think it's a collective team effort. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the broadcasters are the ones that are on TV. But that was one of my favorite things after a game was to make my posts on Instagram with a crew appreciation post where I would be able to tell the stories of, you know, Martha, who's down on the field. She was our audio engineer down there or just really getting to talk about anybody that worked in the booth with us throughout the year, because that was a really special thing. Meredith was our stage manager for three years, you know, and, and I think there are a lot of amazingly talented people that don't get the credit that are go on behind the scenes. And so I wanted to make sure to highlight them as well along the way, but there's a lot of things I learned. And a lot of the time, what you see on TV is not necessarily what's supposed to be happening, but can you react and can you think on your feet? Mm-hmm. Can you sound articulate while somebody's talking in your ear? You know, as a parent, you guys know what that's like when when you're trying to talk and somebody's talking to you. Now imagine a countdown going on. You got to get out at a certain time because you've got a commercial break you've got to get to. And all those really fun things that you just sort of learn over time and experience. And I think over the last three years, I've tried to fine tune it, but I'm still not where I want to be. I want to get better and better. And I think now we'll be on this global stage with MLS season pass and with MLS and Apple. So now there's going to be a whole new host of challenges because there's over a hundred countries that can watch you. You could be anywhere in the world. West, you travel a lot. You know this. I'm going to watch you from Finland, man. Hey, no problem. <laughs> just just get onto Apple TV, get MLS season pass, and uh, we'll see what I sound like when it's the middle of the night. You know, for you yeah. in Finland or all the world. I'll go find like Robin Ludd's family over there, and we'll sit down. We'll watch you and. Maybe it's a great pull right there. Minnesota United, Robin Ludd, what a stud. <laughs> or or Lassie Lappa, not Lappa Linen. I don't know. We'll, we'll Rasmus Schuler played over at uh, uh, Minnesota United as well. Yes. Another Finn right there. Yeah. Gosh, your 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 Finnish knowledge, second to none, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody else pursues it. And there's good reason for that. Uh, speaking of sickos, um, I'm a sicko in my own way. And so are you, Jamie. I think and I say that, of course, in a truly endearing and complimentary fashion. One thing that I loved about you is when we were working together, when I say working together, even when we weren't on the same broadcast, one of us would always drop by the other person's booth and say hello, hang out. And I can count on probably two fingers the number or two hands rather the number of times that you would walk into the booth with your phone in front of you. Oh man, did you see that Seattle goal? Oh, RSL's up. What a banger. And we're four hours out from a broadcast and you're watching these things and you're hanging on every kick of other games that may or may not even have bearing on Nashville because you love this league. So I asked the next question with that in mind, what changes about your approach that, you know, now you've had one team that you've gone deep with, you've been to almost every training for Nashville SC over the past, the past several years. Now you've got two teams that you've got to learn and dive into every week. Uh, What changes about how you do things, about how you operate when you've got a different allocation of time and information that that you've got to uncover before a broadcast? 
One piece of advice immediately comes to mind with that. And it's something that I share to other broadcasters when they get a big opportunity. Um, and it was shared to me. So paying the advice forward. You're there for a reason, right? They they saw something in the way that you do a broadcast or you do your role within the, the show. So you don't need to necessarily change a lot. Now, I had the comfort of knowing every player like the back of my hand uh, with Nashville, let's see, over the course of the last three years. You know, that'll change when when there's some other games that I'll be covering and some teams that, you know, maybe we're in an opposite conference that you didn't see one particular season or you only saw one on one occasion um, over the you know course of the past few years. So there will be a new element of learning that, but I'm not going to try to change too much of what I did as a broadcaster because I think that ultimately that's really where uh, they saw a strength and and whoever I get partnered with, I'm sure that they'll try to find a way to, to match our strengths together and where one maybe have a deficiency, the other one has a strength or vice versa, however that may be. But I think not much is going to change. And I think hopefully that will be a good thing. We're also going to be, we're going to be broadcasting to a global audience, right? So I think that at times when you're the away feed before, if you could watch a game, if it wasn't blacked out, keep in mind, no more blackouts. That's a huge, huge plus right there. I think you're opening now this to where, as you mentioned, somebody could be in Europe, somebody could be in Asia, somebody could be in Africa, somebody be South America watching this game. So making sure that you're bringing along the casual fan as to why this may be a pertinent story or why there may be an underlying storyline to this. And, you know, I'll miss those moments with the U.S. getting to come in and with Eddie Carvacho who did a wonderful job doing the radio coverage for many seasons for Nashville SC. But I'm really, really looking forward to this and, and being able to share the story. And we're going to have a consistent time as well for kickoff for the most part. I think last yeah. year, last year there were 63 different times that the games kicked off at and some of them were blacked out. I can still remember trying to go back and and find a Nashville SC moment that I wanted to show my boys and I would go and try to find it, but I'd only find out that the game was blacked out and you yeah. couldn't watch it there mm-hmm. and gone are those days now. So I'm really looking forward to go back and watching the the replays and seeing all of the cool new enhanced footage that we're going to have with Apple. And then the whip around show too, that will be a really, really cool way for fans. If you're, just dipping your toes into the MLS water with MLS season pass. You can watch the whip around show. And then if something exciting has happened, you can click over to, to watch hopefully the game I'm broadcasting. Hopefully that will be an exciting one. That's the beauty of, of Nashville playing that first game when they are, it's like a three 30 local time. So we can rush home and then catch the whip around and catch all kinds of opening day action. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's something that um, you kind of alluded to it a little bit there with the whip around show and all those sorts of things, but um, obviously your your primary responsibilities are calling games. So how excited are you for some of the other things around the games, um, some of the non-game content that is going to be available that, I, that has pretty much never been <laughs> available through previous TV partners? I'm so excited because this is going to be a, a groundbreaking partnership in the fact that now you're going to get to see with the whip around show, every goal, every penalty kick, if there's a big say of a big moment, uh, they're going to be able to go to it and they're going to be able to show it to you. And you're going to be able to feel as though there may be four, five, six, seven games simultaneously going on, but you'll know what's going on in every moment. So I'm really excited about that. First and foremost, there's going to be advanced data. There's going to be pre and post game shows. The production quality is going to be through the roof. It, it's Apple. It's major league soccer. It's innovative. It's everything that they can possibly think of that maybe hasn't been tried because of the way that it was done before wasn't possible 
it's Apple. They can make the impossible possible. So I'm really excited about, I think, taking MLS to a new level. You know, there, there's a phrase that it's always uh, on the inside circles of uh, at times in like 96, 97, 98, that was MLS 1.0. And then as, you know, MLS sort of shifted into you get the David Beckham era and, and you get DPs, that was MLS 2.0. And I would even say that we've shifted into 3.0 since then because now it's not uncommon to have, you know, Lorenzo and Signe and Bernadeschi in Toronto come and sign, you know, Insigne playing at Juventus, Italian national team. Now he comes over and he signs right away and, and a whole host of incredible stars. That made it 3.0. I might say, and I might be the first one calling this because I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look back and say the Apple and Major League Soccer partnership for MLS season pass was the start of MLS 4.0 as far as how this league is viewed around the world. This is going to be a massive stepping stone. And I think I'm going to steal Commissioner Don Garber's usage here, his his verbiage when he said this is going to be rocket fuel for the 2026 FIFA Men's World Cup that will be hosted here between United States, Canada, and Mexico. I think you just gave us an episode title too, so we can fully give you very visible credit for coining the MLS 4.0 moniker. There that's go. it. Danny Watson <laughs> talks about MLS 4.0 with Apple. Listen, there's there's controversy about what what point oh we're even in right now. So the, totally, we'll, we'll give totally you we'll give is. you some credit. <laughs> I'd like to say that when I signed, you know, when I was playing the league, that was really the advancement uh, to a next point oh. But it. Um, you know, again, yeah. if you're the first one to claim it, you know, and the only it's one like to 2. claim 2. it, two point five. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really stepped up that that year. You know. Uh, sure. So I know there's a lot of questions that that we have about what the product is going to look like, what the setup's going to look like the Apple. Probably a lot of questions that you have. I'm guessing that that this is still going to be in its development phases, and that's fun in a lot of ways. But what can you tell us? At least what do you know or what are you able to share about the on-air product itself? You know, how how that's going to work? Are you going to be in person at these stadiums, for instance? Anything else that that you can say that, that gives an indication of what this product is going to look and feel like when it launches? Yeah, there's going to be 14 English teams, 14 Spanish teams, and three French teams. So we're going to be on site doing the games, which I think shows an incredible commitment by the league to be able to put us as broadcasters in the best position to succeed because there are little nuances, as you know, Wes, very well from broadcasting games. When you're on site, you catch little things going on. Hey, just just off your screen, something's happening here. Keep an eye on this. Or yeah. uh, there's a player down. Or the assistant referee is signaling something. And you know, you, you may not be able to catch that if you're watching it on a monitor. It's just sort of the reality of it. And you can still do a a great job doing a game off of a monitor. I've done hundreds of games off of a monitor and felt as though it was still a really good show to watch. But being on site is going to be ultimately the best vantage point for broadcasters. So uh, they're doing an incredible job of, of really making it professional from broadcaster standpoint. I mean, we even got an email that said, hey, uh, you know, here's all the documentation that we'll need because we're going to, you know, help, you, help book your travel. Uh, do you have a preferred airlines? Do you have a preferred snack that you like in the booth? Oh, and I'm on. just like, I never even thought of this, you know, like I was, I was used to trying to sneak in, you know, candy bars or telling Tony husband, bring me a second Mars bar. Cause I know he <laughs> loves those, uh, you know, and, and trying to bring those into the, to the stadium and not get caught bringing in outside food and beverage. Right. So, um, I think they, when I say they, and Apple Major League Soccer, they are really trying to bring this to a whole new level that the American 
soccer viewer and the global soccer viewer is not used to. And I think we want to create a new normal with the quality of the broadcast that we bring with the production value, but also what we bring to the broadcast and the pregame shows, the postgame shows, the content that you can get on MLS season pass, which, you know, uh, depending on what day this, this comes out, it's either out already. Go, go down, go subscribe to MLS season pass for the year. Um, and the whip around show obviously is going to be something special. So we're really excited and I'm incredibly grateful to be a small part of this, this incredible puzzle that we're putting together the pieces of. We are in the future. It is February 2nd and I have already subscribed FYI. Uh, I've already binge watched everything. So, you know, (laughs) catch up with this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to go down the, the rabbit hole. Uh, when when I can and oh I'm sorry that I already have I went down the rabbit hole and that's why I look so tired right now it has nothing to do with being a parent of three kids it's I've been up all night watching Mm -hmm. all of the MLS season pass content that I can possibly consume similar effects one gives a little more joy than the other and I I won't specify which (laughs) some days it'll shift back and forth (laughs) yes indeed so so lightning round questions for you here Uh, I know you're you're well traveled around around the league from your days as a player and, and and with Nashville SC Still, I'm going to ask destination outside of Nashville that you're most excited to visit for the first time as an MLS Apple broadcaster. I've gone to every stadium now, um, apart from obviously St. Louis City FC. That would be the one that I haven't gone to yet as they make their foray into Major League Soccer. It's hard for me to pick just one. Can I give you three? My three favorite? Sure. That works. All right. I'll the gas, field. Man. You can you, you can call a shot. <laughs> I know this is so tough. You guys are pinning me down to one here. Allianz Field when they sing Wonderwall is a soccer bucket list moment. I got a chance to go to MLS Cup at uh, now if the former Bank of California Stadium, mm-hmm. obviously BMO Stadium now. Um, so BMO Stadium to see an LAFC game win the thirty two fifty two or jump for LA, jump for LA, jump, and then they go back and forth. That's really cool. And I would say. I would say Austin has an incredible atmosphere as well, too. Mm-hmm. So great cities, always a great time going there, and their fan bases are incredible. I'm glad you put the caveat of not Geodas Park because I do love Ge- Geodas Park when Johnny Cash starts playing pregame. So there's that for lightning round. How about that? I'm killing it. Off to a great start. <laughs> a bit of a slow, slow lightning <laughs> effect back for your days in Orlando. Just a lot of lightning. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so related but unrelated question, I guess. The team you're most excited to call in person. I don't know if I have one team and I genuinely don't because now I'm going to be viewing it from a lens of, of national broadcast. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think each team has a different story, right? Can, okay. Can okay. Let's, let's amend it. Let's go. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, player. what do you mean? What most excited about? Give me, give me like a, let's, let's narrow this down. What, what, what's, what's going to get your blood pumping that when you look at the schedule, you're like, look, I'm excited about seeing all these teams. What an awesome mm-hmm. opportunity, but there's this player or there's this experience that I want to make sure that I'm like, like I, that gets my heart going just a little bit quicker. I got an answer for you. Orlando City, I think they've won the offseason. And I'll probably, you know, say that saying it a dozen more times because they filled out six DP spots, three DP spots, three U22 initiative signing, and they just signed another player earlier this week as well, too, from Iceland. So I think that they've absolutely won the offseason as far as additions. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate onto the field in game one. It may take some time, like anything, as we've seen with players coming into Major League Soccer. But, man, they won the first trophy, lifted the Open Cup last year in convincing fashion. And I'm really excited about what that team is going to do under their new ownership with the Wolf family because they've they've come in and they have 
done everything opposite from what was done before. And I think mm. that's why it's led to a trophy and it's led to new signings and led to the most optimism from the Iron Lion firm and the ruckus that I've ever seen in an offseason. What is the off-field storyline that you're most looking forward to this year? I think League's Cup. I think how teams start to build towards that. You talk about something that hasn't been done before. And I'll use the buzzword from 2020. It's unprecedented to have two leagues take a break for a month and be able to have a competition. We saw all the groups come out recently. It's gotten serious between the two leagues. And now with the Seattle Sounders making their way up the CONCACAF Champions League mountain and staking the Sounders flag at the top of the mountain for the time being, I think that'll only amplify the rivalry between the two clubs or the two countries, excuse me, and the clubs within the country. So when League's Cup kicks off, that month is going to be awesome. I'm so excited about it because I think there's a MLS sense of pride because every year when there's the final one or two or three MLS clubs in the CONCACAF Champions League. If every team, if your team is out, every team sort of rallies behind them. And I think we could see something similar as it starts to get from the quarters to the semis and ultimately the finals. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's an all MLS cup final and and, and the league's cup final. But either way, I think that it's going to be us versus them type mentality. Mm -hmm. However you view it from whichever side of the border you view it. And I think that adds a whole nother level of pride to that tournament. One more serious question for you, and then we'll close with a couple of, of you know, less serious notes. Uh, what message do you have for NSC supporters? Thank you for embracing me and my family, this club. Every player would probably echo those same sentiments. One thing I love about Nashville, it's there's not really strangers, right? You could be a lifer from here. You could be somebody that's moved in the last couple of years. I I love the the people here. I love the the supporters, people tuned in religiously to the broadcast. People would come and see us on site at stadiums or traveling supporters would see us. Tony and I would be walking around in different places and we would see supporters with the Jersey and we'd stop and talk. And we had a common denominator, which was Nashville SC. And um, I'll always say thank thank you for just welcoming us and welcoming us into your homes week after week. It was one of the biggest privileges and honors of my entire life to be able to broadcast for Nashville SC. As a colleague of yours on the the collective broadcast team and as a a viewer and listener, uh, I would echo the appreciation and that the NSC family has for you and for the work that that you've done representing that club. Uh, Tim, I'm ceding the the floor to you. I think you had a a note you really wanted to mention about karaoke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jamie. uh, Last time, or it might have been two times ago when you were on our show, you were one of our few repeat repeat customers here you you said that you were forced to to do karaoke um during your playing days and you asked us what our karaoke song was and i i you put me on the spot and i didn't know but i am a big karaoke guy and i've done a lot of karaoke in my life my number one karaoke song is escape by enrique iglesias i've done it probably 200 times in my life great song great one to sing it's not coming to mind right now. Can you give me a couple of <laughs> no, lines? No, absolutely it? not on the podcast. I'm just blanking no. on it. I would really love it. If only <laughs> only you could jog my memory absolutely here. Absolutely <laughs> not happening. Not All right, Escape by Enrique, by the way. Stud. Uh, Wes, what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, just to refresh man. listeners. No, I don't. Oh, geez. So... <laughs> I did not expect this to come back my way. You know, I love a good duet. Of, uh, You're the Inspiration by Chicago. 
Oh, there we go. You can really get moving, especially when it's a couple of dudes hitting like the the falsetto notes. It can be pretty, pretty awful, actually. But that's good karaoke, right? It needs to be awful. Mine was still Wonderwall with Oasis. Great song. Second, second reference to that. But a question for you guys. Do they ever do karaoke night at ML Rose? That's it. This guy's a pro. This guy is a pro. I'm just wondering. I got my first chance to go there last weekend. Incredible. Now, I will tell you. My mouth watered because I'm on this elimination diet with my wife. She's she's going through it. So she wanted to go through it. I didn't want to go through it. We compromised <laughs> and decided to do what she wanted to do. That's, and so I'm on it too. So I thought, man, are we going to be able to go there and, and not just salivate over the, the deliciousness that's going to be next to me with other customers? And we got this uh, turkey burger with a lettuce wrap. It was incredible. I see why you say it's so good. Um, I mean – Look, I have no no connection to ML Rose, but I get why you guys love it and why you talk about it. So maybe we need a karaoke night going at ML Rose and we can hear Escape. We can hear West You Sing Chicago. And I'm not going to subject anybody to listen to me sing. Oh, it's happening. It's coming. (laughs) Because they also have two for one happy hours. So a little more liquid inspiration, a little quicker. Tell you what, after a couple of drinks, my my jokes get funnier. Uh, I'm a better singer, <laughs> you know, all, all the above after a few of those two for once. <laughs> we'll leave that to the good folks at ML Rose to judge. Uh, Jamie, thank you again for your time with us. Congratulations. Um, this is this is not goodbye. This is can't wait to say say hello to you in a new forum and, and watch your coverage and, and follow you. Uh, again, folks, follow him on Twitter. Look him up, Jamie Watson, and watch him on Apple TV and MLS. Guys, thanks for joining for the show. Thanks to ML Rose for the sponsorship. Moon Taxi for the music. We'll see you again soon. And, Jamie, thanks again for spending a little bit of time with us. 